Hello, listeners, and welcome to COVID Coffee Chats at UCalgary, a podcast brought to you by the Taylor Institute for Teaching and Learning. My name is Maya Anderson, and I'll be your host for this podcast. I'm a grad student in the Workland School of Education, and I'm interested in finding out more about teaching and learning during COVID-19. I feel like we all have incredible stories and insights about how this pandemic has changed our lives and how it's changed the way we teach and the way we learn. So each episode, I'll chat with a UCalgarian and get their take on what teaching and learning has been like during COVID-19. And perhaps if we share these stories, we can learn a thing or two. So pour yourself a cup of coffee and enjoy the show. With me this afternoon, I have Dr. Mohammed Mashapur from the Department of Electrical and Computer Engineering in the Shulik School of Engineering. How are you doing this afternoon? Good, how are you? I'm great, thank you. Thanks for joining me. So I just have some questions for you about how teaching and learning has been through COVID. Absolutely. Um, so a bit of a, a disclaimer, I had uh, started um, using, uh, I started using online learning as a teaching tool um, from uh, 2015. Uh, that's when we converted our um, uh, ENG 233 class, which is first year uh, programming course uh, uh, to a flipped classroom. Uh, we would, uh, would uh, uh, record lectures ahead of time and uh, post these lectures beginning of the week the students would have a week to watch these lectures we would have we would incorporate some um, quizzes uh, to incorporate active learning uh, so they watch a video they do the quizzes and then they would come to class uh, in an in-person session where we would go and uh, do some problem solving so effectively um, I had switched my role as an instructor or as a teacher to a, a to a coach so it was more uh, you know, it was more uh, sort of student-centric uh, activities and constructivist activities uh, um, that way. So that uh, allowed us to really play around with online learning and, uh, uh, you know, posting uh, videos uh, on, um, on YouTube. Uh, when we came to, uh, when the pandemic started, we started to do uh, more um, synchronized lectures. So prior to that, I had no experience with synchronized online lectures. And um, with synchronized lectures, uh, uh, we were able to adapt fairly quickly. Now, my domain is software engineering. And, and, and of course, uh, software engineers need to work very closely together as a team. But very often, we see teams that are in different geographical locations. So um, that would be that was something that I um, chose to highlight quite a bit with my students that um, you know just because of our discipline this is actually you know some good practice we're getting um, and uh, you know how do you manage and how do you um, do things so so I've, I've worked on very large projects this past summer we worked on a course project that I had 14 students involved Everybody was work, working remotely on the same code base. Uh, so it's quite challenging. And, and it's, you know, it's not just the lecturing part, of course, it's the 
it's the it's the labs and it's the projects and and and, and those things and i think in software engineering it's it's a lot easier for us than a lot of other disciplines where they actually need to work with equipment um and we don't you know we, we upload stuff to the cloud and and it's it's all it's all done remotely so um as such it has been i think easier on us um than, than in a lot of other disciplines yeah definitely interesting so you would say that um your experience before really set you up well for this this scenario then absolutely absolutely i think just the ability to because i remember uh back in 2015 uh when i was uh when i would try to record myself lecture it was always difficult because you're not um talking to anybody and and the whole dynamics of lecturing where you want people to be involved and you want to chat with people and you look at everybody's faces and and, and you ask questions you make it interactive and I mean sometimes our lectures are two three hundred people so I mean I'm not saying that you can really interact with every single person but still you're interacting with the class um, so here so so that experience really helped me uh, being able to just lecture in front of a computer with nobody there I think that that really um, sort of helped me. And I think it's, 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 um, and, and because you get feedback from the, from, from your students, it's kind of like theater uh, when, when, when you get feedback and, and, and you know what to do and, and you go accordingly. So um, here um, you just, uh, you just don't know what questions uh, it could be. So because of that, one thing that I, one, uh, I know that, for, so, for example, here I, I, I decided to do um, asynchronous lectures and I decided to do my lectures with the students there. So I would lecture, but then I would record myself as well uh, and I would post that. So I think the students kind of get the best of both worlds that way. And uh, in my experience with the flip classrooms um, they, and, and recording yourself and posting the videos, it does wonders for the students. Like they can just kind of go back and forth and they can um so that's a that's a very important tool uh to be able to go and re revisit those lectures for students and and i think now they're getting it um with zoom of course i i do find lecturing and then watching the chat window kind of distracting and it's a, so you know sometimes you just have to shut it out especially if you get distracted and, and, and you, you get out of your rhythm and you can't really uh, communicate the material as effectively because you're distracted. So, um, and challenges like that. Um, but but otherwise, it's been a really um, smooth for the most part. And, and I think that our students have been uh, very understanding and, and very um, cooperative for the most time. And, and and you know, being really generous as well, and and and, and putting up with any. Um, difficulties that may arise you know if you if you uh, freeze your screen or, or the screen if you if you're frozen or or, or whatever happens uh, they seem um they, they're, they're really willing to sort of wait for you and, and for you to come back and, and i think um that has made things a lot easier too have you found that the students have been a bit more flexible as the semester's going on as they get used to things I think so. Yeah, I think even from the start, uh, the students have been really understanding. I mean, um, we try our best as well, for sure. Uh, we try so that this semester is different. Um, uh, and uh, uh, but but uh, students are 
uh, both understanding and, and helpful. I think uh, there's definitely that consensus between all of us that uh, um, we are all going through this together. And uh, 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 so, so we all try to help each other out. I think as an, as an instructor, I've certainly, be, uh, I've certainly been um, mindful of that. I've had students, for example, emailing me and say, okay, I know this is due, but this is my family situation, or I just don't have the room to do any work. Um, it's really difficult to focus. Um, one email that I had early on, actually even last semester, it was that, listen, your lectures are at 8 a.m. I don't have a place where I can quietly listen to your lectures at 8 a.m. So you got to do something about that. And, and, and it's just, uh, so, so making sure to, uh, to, to try to um, uh, address all those needs. And I think that's where, you know, recording uh, is, is really important. Having some extensive office hours is really important. So for all my courses, I have extensive office hours either by myself or by my TAs. And uh, communication is really, really uh, important. Mm -hmm. So um, a lot, of, it sounds like it's a lot of give and take and really kind of empathizing with each other, you with the students and the students back and forth. Absolutely, absolutely. I think I think that's really important. You know, it's it's kind of interesting. Back in the back in um, back last semester, I had two software engineering courses. So this year, I have a, a graduate software engineering course this semester, as well as a first year programming course. So uh, in the winter, uh, I actually had a, a software company um, come and give a presentation about remote work in software engineering, and they had. One of their key um, project managers who, who's actually based in um, Vancouver permanently. So she manages all these projects completely remotely, you know, and she's, uh, that's basically her job. So uh, I, I thought that was, that, that was really interesting for the software engineering students because, you know, like a lot of other disciplines, they may not be able to do that. But I mean, that's the reality of, uh, of our uh, world. I mean, like we do have quite a few people live in Calgary and, and they work remotely in Silicon Valley. So they're just working here over there. Um, so that's a reality for software engineers. And I think it's a bit of an, a neat opportunity for them to sort of get this. But uh, as far as uh, student support goes, um, uh, we just have to make sure that they're, 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 they're supported. And I think once they, they do feel that they're supported, then uh, the course goes pretty well. Excellent. Have you had to modify your course in any way because of the online scenario or has it just kind of remained the same for you? Um, so uh, we had to modify evaluation uh, for the most part. So I have always had a midterm and final exams and I have uh, changed that. I have always had project-based uh, learning in my courses. So I basically have assignments where I teach something and I get them to do an assignment. And then I have a project at the end, typically between um, you know, two to five weeks that a course goes to a project, depending on how senior the course is. And, um, and so the project has always been part of it. But then I always had a midterm and a final as well, uh, where I would um, test. And, and each, each of these things would test something right i mean if you're a, for example if you're a software developer you go to a company they give you a few problems to see if you can work through them and that was basically my exam it was you know the, the type of questions you'll see you'd see at an interview like problem solving 
And then the project, the project stuff would actually test their ability to bring something together and work with colleagues and everything. And uh, with the technology and everything that we have, um, uh, it, it, it's not, uh, you, you can't really give a meaningful um, traditional exam. Um, so I have eliminated that and instead uh, fo fo put more focus on, on projects and assignments. Have you found any changes in the students there? How did they, um, did, did they appreciate doing different types of tests or assessments? You mean now or, or, or you mean now? Yeah, now, like, it, have you had any repeat students who have come to you a second time around? The first time was the face-to-face -face version and second time now. And how have they, um, do they appreciate the change or is it, uh, did, do they prefer it the old way? I think that, um, well, I think in, in a way, um, not having an exam, um, not having an exam, um, exams can be stressful. So, so, so to answer your question, no, I haven't had an interaction with any repeat students, but uh, not having uh, exams can be stressful. Um, I think if they're not there, um, something uh, is missing a little bit just because there are some certain concepts that you can test. Um, and making sure that the students really uh, know those concepts. But, but we have tried to incorporate that into the project. So for example, they have to present their projects and we get to ask specific questions uh, about the project and, and, and evaluate them that way on technical concepts, which is a little bit more resource intensive. Um, but uh, we've tried to sort of mimic that uh, exam situation. Um, you know, I think evaluation is always a big thing in um, in um, in academia because a lot of times, perhaps, uh, I quote one of my students that you know sometimes if you're if you're testing something, you're not really testing what we think we're testing. So uh, it's it's uh, not everybody performs their best in an exam environment, and, and I think you know that's that's important. I, I, I suppose that's another conversation, but uh, they they do give you a uh, a tool where you can focus students' attention on a, a certain uh, amount of topics. So for example, um, if we have programming concepts that we are teaching, some of the specific concepts we can ask in an exam, you know, this, what, how do you solve this? So you, you, you problem solve it. But then here's, a, here's some requirements. How do you build a software using this requirement, working with a team? You can't really test that in a two hour exam. You test that, um, you know, as a team working so I think um, uh, uh, the way the course is designed and the way the activities are designed should really, really match. And you got to see what things are you really testing. So if you think about it, like they, they should be able to like individually, they should be able to solve algorithm problems or design problems on their own. So if you say, these are the components, how do you arrange them to come up with this design? Each student should be able to do that. And that's what the exams test, but of course, the course is so much more about so much more and that, that those are the type of stuff that for example um uh, for example uh the, the projects test so um i think that not having that uh, I, I find myself having to incorporate testing individual technical stuff into the project and that uh, is is really resource intensive but then in some ways um uh, uh, students feel uh, perhaps a little bit more relieved because because times are a little bit more uh, they, they can be stressful. 
Excellent. So are they doing these projects in a synchronous timed session or is it just on their own outside of class time? Uh, outside of class time. So usually the way we do projects is that they're going to have milestones uh, or iterations uh, where they do uh, an iteration and then they come to present that iteration, they get feedback and then they come back on the next one and the next one. Okay. That's really interesting. It's it's interesting to see how you've changed things around to make it work for this scenario. So moving forward into next semester and beyond, what would you say would be some of your key takeaways? Um, I think that uh, um, the biggest, uh, some of the biggest takeaways are um, uh, working to make students uh, a little bit self-reliant um, and in a way that uh, they are uh, able to use um, in, in a way that they're not um, always just waiting for direction, um, but uh, they can kind of learn on their own and uh, they become, um, rather than being professional um, students, uh, be professional learners um, so that uh, they know how to find information and they can uh, build stuff uh, on their own. I think that's um, a really important key. And I think that, uh, now it's, it's interesting, the way, I, I think the way we can accomplish that is by, by, by making sure that they have a proper support. Uh, so for example, having access to these uh, video recordings, uh, they've been really helpful uh, to, to get them um, to sort of be able to learn on on their own. Um, I've always felt, so I, I guess some of this may be domain specific. So, you know, I, I kind of talk about software engineering a lot. Um, in, in, in my own domain, I, I find that um, there's, a, there's a certain point, there's a turning point where, where the students, once they get to that point, they really are in a position to learn everything on their own. And, and they don't necessarily need a, a professor to explain things to them. And however, they would still need somebody who answered their, 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 their question. So it's like less of a need for an instructor, more of a need of a coach kind of thing. And, mm -hmm. um, and I think that for them to get to that turning point and then be able to really take off from in that turning point is, is by providing them direction and support rather than uh, detailed instructions. Uh, it's, it's, you know, where are we going? What are we trying to build? And this is all the that you need. And I'm here to answer your questions or DTS or answer your questions. We have just in time workshops. Um, for example, one of the activities that I do, we are really big into software design and uh, uh, sort of bread and butter. Um, so everybody goes and designs something, they bring it in. And then we have like an hour, an hour and a half session to come up with a design together. And we discuss all the, all the different approaches to have a design and, and why it would be less preferred or more preferred. And, it, and a discussion comes out of that. So it's, it's like you really demonstrate that it's, it's not, um, it's, not um, uh, it's not just sort of a cookie cutter thing. You gotta, you gotta start thinking about things. And, and I think that um, everything, all the resources we built during COVID times, all the videos and all the resources, I think these would be really helpful to make sure that people have 
support because just in time support is is really really important i'm a, I'm a huge believer of active learning and then adaptive learning so that if you're building something as soon as you have a question be able to consult a resource or ask someone that's that's extremely powerful rather than you know just do your thing and then wait to get feedback on an assignment in like two weeks or something um, so be able to uh, have the resources um, that they can, you know, you're working on this, here's a video on it, go and watch it. And, and I think that, that, that can be really powerful. Amazing. It sounds like you're really putting the students in the driver's seat of their own learning so they can take it wherever they want to go with it, which is incredible. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's all about the uh, constructivist, um, uh, theory of, of teaching and learning that, uh, that it's, um, that, that you sort of make sure that they have the fundamentals. Uh, that they're able to really understand decisions. Um, and once they do, um, and once they do, then, then, then uh, you can really just sort of um, watch them do uh, amazing things because now they can, uh, they can really learn on their own and, and, and it can be quite educational, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Like, I mean, once they get to a certain point and they work and they do things on their own, I really enjoy as a fellow software engineer to just kind of watch them and even learn from them. I mean, they come up with some brilliant, brilliant ideas that I may not have necessarily thought about it myself. Um, and, and so, so it becomes interesting because uh, as, as they get to a point, especially in the more senior courses and um, uh, more project-based courses, they come to a point where they, um, where you start learning from them, like you, 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 not even just ideas, but actually even material, because look at something and they go really deep into it. So it becomes quite a, it almost, uh, it becomes a flipped classroom in a sense that they really become the master and you learn from their experience and what they have found. So it's, uh, it's quite uh, profound, especially in our discipline that it's more of a sort of a tradesman discipline, you know, like it's a, we're all builders and, and, um, and sometimes, you know, some people are so talented and, and uh, which is in the case of a lot of our students. And, and um, so, so it, it becomes really, um, really interesting. Excellent. That sounds, sounds like a really great experience for you as well as the students. Yes, yes, absolutely. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with us before we go? Um, I think that, um, I think that, uh, you know, like uh, the, the in-person experience, I, I guess I'd like to sort of close with this, that the in-person experience is really important. Um, and, you know, being in the same place, I don't, I don't necessarily think there is a substitute for it. Um, being, in a, being in a community and, and just being there and, and seeing each other and working with one another, I don't think um, technology is really going to close that gap. Um, uh, you know, maybe later on we'll have like holograms or, <laughs> or whatever, but there's just no, I don't think there's any substitutes by, for, for actually being there. And, but um, to be able to really um, learn from, um, learn to work effectively remotely, it's, uh, it's important um, for us as software engineers, but then as educators, if I wanted to sort of talk for, for in general for educators, I think that we can, um, we can really um, see how we can use technology uh, in order um, to really enhance 
advanced education because before this we never really needed to i mean i i went to school in the 2000s and um, at the time i don't think the school had a learning management system yet so a lot of professors just had their own websites some didn't and some did and the ones that they did they uploaded the assignments there now we have uh, d2l which is essentially more of a repository than anything else like i mean we just upload documents students download them and then students upload their assignments and we grade them and so um it's if uh, but but you know we, we are able to do sort of, sort of more with video based stuff i think a lot of the faculty is a lot more comfortable with videos now and um to be able to really once we go back to normal um I think it'll be a missed opportunity if, if people just kind of let this go and, and, and they just kind of forget it. And, and um, so I think it would be a, a great place for us to invest and try to see, um, to try to see how we can attract and engage more, more students. And um, also like from just a U of C community, uh, perhaps some of these courses that we have, we could try to, you know, expose them as, as MOOCs or, or things like that mm -hmm. and, and get more exposure for the university. I think that's such a, a great idea. Like UBC does that a lot and on the edX platform and a lot of other universities. I think uh, uh, we have some very, very um, top professors who would be able to you know offer some really good courses that would be internationally watched or appreciated. I think perhaps, uh, so, so once, once we all go back to um, in-person classrooms, it would be a missed opportunity if you don't use this momentum to to make it to make it count. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. Let's. I hope that things that we learn lots from this experience and carry those things forward. So it's it's a great experience for all. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me. I really appreciate you taking thank the time. Thank you. Yes, this was great. Thank you very much, and uh, have a wonderful rest of your uh, afternoon. You too. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye. -bye. Okay, take care. Bye. Bye. Well, folks, that was my coffee chat with Dr. Muhammad Mashabur. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It was great to hear your insights and your thoughts on teaching and learning through COVID. And thank you to you for listening. For more information on the project, visit the website at covidcoffeechats.ucalgaryblogs.ca. And if you'd like to connect with me, feel free to email me at maya.anderson.ucalgary.ca. Take care and see you next time.